Hey listeners, thanks for joining me today for another episode. If you're enjoying the Little Bit Podcast, please leave a review and a rating wherever you're listening, Spotify, iTunes, Google. It helps other people to find the podcast and it would be greatly appreciated. How's everybody doing? So I have something to admit and I'm just going to come out and say it. I have cell phone addiction big time. Yes, she does. I really do. And um, I, now that I can like say it out loud, like, hey, I've got cell phone addiction. It makes everything, you know, a little bit easier as far as cutting back. So in a nutshell, here's my cell phone addiction. And let me know if you are at this level. You might be worse. You might not be. Wake up in the morning, grab my phone, turn off the alarm, roll back over. News. Roll back over, grab my phone, start reading Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Whatever's on my phone, NPR, something. Then get up, go in, what I have in my breakfast. Continue to look at those things. Walk around all day, like looking, oh, where's my phone? Like I'm always checking for it. And then at night, I am bad. I will be on my phone and be watching TV. And Chris goes, are you even watching this? And I say, yeah. Of course she is because she is a multitasker. That's right. I like to play games while I watch TV. And so that's pretty bad. But ultimately, I guess what this this podcast is about is about the real addiction issues behind having your cell phone. And I do have Chris here today as a health and fitness um Kind guru guru there you go i must be doing something right if if you keep asking me to come back well you just are so good on these podcasts thank you but to give us a perspective on the detrimental side effects of cell phone usage based on your health and who better than to, than chris to tell us that but let's talk about that so as far as children are affected i think cell phones for them are definitely becoming more and more important as as social interaction goes and i think there's really no turning back from that as as a society as much as we'd like to think so cell phones are aren't going anywhere and if if anything they're only going to become more and more easy technologies to make them a more permanent fixture on our bodies i have at some point i mean you know you're already wearing the apple watch how many of you have the apple watch uh, and that is even a bigger distraction. I find those to be almost dangerous because uh, you could be driving your hands on the wheel and you something goes off and you look at your wrist and it's like you're focusing on that small text on the Apple Watch. I find it to be kind of dangerous. But there's so many good things about cell phone usage. Part of our daily lives, you know, I mean, for me, I have Apple CarPlay. OK, so I can plug it into my car. It's a safety feature. And I can see the home screen of my cell phone ultimately on my car. I can send text messages, make phone calls, go right to my podcasts, things like that through my Apple CarPlay. So I do like that. But as far as having it in my hand all day, definitely an issue. Um, so anyways, for me, social media is an addiction beside itself. A lot of it for me is job related have to be on there for for jobs and for self-promotion and things like that it's kind of important but it's really become an addiction and for me it actually 
caused a lot of depression for me because I was like, you know, constantly comparing myself to others. But if I could just take that app off my phone, would it then change my perspective and change my attitude and my mood? What do you think? I removed Facebook from my phone probably about two months ago, and I have not thought about it since. Hmm. I hated getting the updates on my phone about a comment or someone commenting on another picture. So now all that stuff only goes into an inbox for my email, and I just delete it, and I don't really think twice about it. I have the power to go on it on my computer at my leisure, but getting rid of that was probably one of the best things that I could have done even though I'm not really big on social media to begin with. Mm. Just one one less thing to worry about. Right. I don't know if I can get rid of the Facebook app, though. I don't know. Do it. Okay, hear me out. And I, okay, I don't live anywhere near my family. My family will post pictures of their children on Facebook. Where else am I going to see these babies? I get it. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's, you know, but it is turning into something, though. It's like every time I get on, I watch like Kaylin reacts videos about the recipes from Ellen. It's multiple times a day. It's it takes over to where I think people are not as present as they need to be. And I'll I'll touch upon that in a couple a couple minutes here. Yeah, I do. I think we need to talk about that for sure. Uh, As far as children also are concerned, I believe the. Their brains, you know, need a break from these cell phones. Just they, develop, just they for absolutely develop, do. Development. Because the cartoons and the programs and the apps that are on phones and tablets and computers now are designed to engage these kids' attention at mm. all times. Mm. So uh, I, I forget where I read about this study, but they're talking about two-year-olds and three-year-olds already having um, – attention issues because they are so gravitated towards these programs that they're watching these cartoons. Mm. They're designed to keep these kids attention with loud noises or sometimes really bright colors. And Mm -hmm. it's, I don't think that's a natural way for the child's brain to develop. I don't think it's healthy for these kids. And so getting, getting them at least uh, some, some kind of, um, like free play, at least going outside and playing for like yeah. making them go outside, taking their devices away. Yeah, I, I guess what I was trying to say was just just finding a way to limit the exposure that these kids are getting mm-hmm. to these kinds of screens, mm-hmm. first and foremost. That, I think, is one of the easiest th- ways to help improve the health <clears throat> and wellness of our youth. Could it be that we are ultimately creating these ADD cases because of our devices in some way? Could we be creating this and not, it's not like a, a something you're necessarily born with. We're creating it. I think it's a, a contrib, uh, contributing factor. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the, the whole picture though. Mm-hmm. I think there, there's more to it than, than just what's going on on the screens. But yes, it's, Basically, what, what's happening is it's with all these loud noises and flashes and uh, when, when it's grabbing these kids' attention, it's kind of turning on 
what's called your autonomic nervous system, your fight or flight Mm -hmm. system within the body. And then it's kind of getting these kids revved up and amped up. And even though you as a parent might be have a couple moments of peace, now your kid is constantly wanting to be engaged and then they're probably going to not really learn how to self-soothe or Mm -hmm. really calm themselves down because self-soothing that's a good yeah that's good because they are just constantly being bombarded with all of this information right kind of sensory overload right even in the infant years yeah right and i know a lot of parents are listening to us right now probably going oh my kids get the ipad as soon as we sit down on that plane that child is getting the iPad because it's the only way to keep him quiet for two or three, four hours. And I, I get that. My only goal with, with this kind of information is just to help people be aware right. of what's out there so that it's not, it's not mindless. One, I don't have kids. Two, I don't even own a tablet. I own a smartphone, but I don't use it very much. Mm-hmm. So I can't relate to the parents that just need some peace and quiet or they want their kids to be entertained so that they can get something done. I can't mm-hmm. relate to that. So my goal here is just to provide them with some food for thought. Yeah. Some organic food for oh, thought. Nice. Just so that they can. Organic. They can think about things a little differently. Right. Or at least be aware of it. And it's also a little bit different, I think, in today's world where back in 1985, 89, when I was a kid riding my bike up and down the alley, there was no other option, so we had to figure it out. Now, I know that a lot of parents, now our jobs are working from home on a computer. Like, it's not necessarily this, it's not like the old days when, you know, jobs weren't so digital. So mm-hmm. we have so much more technology in our faces, so why, you know. I do have to disagree with you on that, though, because our generation and growing up, we were the guinea pigs for Game Boys, for Game Gear, for some of the handheld devices that allowed you to play video games where you didn't have to be constantly in front of the TV. They made it more accessible. Did you have that before you were like 10? So as a kid, I wasn't allowed to have video games in the form of like Nintendo or anything like that. I remember I think it was in fourth grade. So you weren't allowed. That's good. Yeah, my parents wanted me to be outside and to play. Mm -hmm. I got really good grades uh, in fourth grade, I believe it was. And Mm -hmm. my parents got me a Game Gear. And I believe one of the only games I ever had was Sonic the Hedgehog. Nice. So I got to play that for a little bit. Mm -hmm. But... I've never been somebody who, as an adult, wanted to play video games to tune out or to kind of just um, decompress. Right. You know, I I might I do have one or two little games Mm -hmm. on my phone, but I, I really try to limit my exposure to that. Yeah, I don't think I had a video game system until I was. fifteen. Maybe mm. I got a Sega Genesis. <clears throat> we weren't even like it was a it was a money thing. Like we didn't have the money to have a Nintendo when they came out or a Super Nintendo. We just had the Genesis when we became teenagers. Yeah, but see, I I also never understood when my friends would lose in a video game and they would throw the remote controller <laughs> at the wall, break it. Uh, I remember there is a famous punter out there who actually 
tripped over the cord of his Chris Nintendo. Chloe. Yeah. <laughs> and tore his ACL. Shut up. While he was in high school. Yeah. So video games can, can, yeah. they can hurt you <laughs> in more ways than one. Oh no, but an, another thing that I was kind of thinking about when you asked me if I, if I could speak a little bit more about the cell phones, mm-hmm. um, obviously being in the health and fitness industry, health and wellness, the posture that we all take when we mm-hmm. are, as I sit up in my chair, communicating <laughs> on our phones is terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, your head is constantly looking down. Your shoulders are pretty slumped over. Mm-hmm. It's just not good reinforcement for our upper back and cervical posture. So the solution for that is to try to hold your phone at a little bit closer to about a chest or a chin level and try to actively just gently pull your shoulder blades back and together Mm. so that that way we're avoiding spending a lot of time hunched over in those postures. And that goes for tablets, that goes for computers, that goes for cell phones, it goes for anything with the screen. Interesting. So... Yeah, and, and another thing that I've noticed um, when I am eating, if I'm looking at something on my cell phone, I really tend to tune out as to how much I'm actually eating. So I'm, I'm not paying attention oh. to my body's verbal cues. And the same goes for when you watch TV, is that if you are being distracted by something else, the tendency to overeat is so much greater. Oh my gosh. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's kind of mindless eating. That explains it. And for people that are trying to, whether it's <laughs> lose weight or just in general, feel a little bit better, or yeah. sometimes it should be just being a little more conscientious of our natural daily habits, mm-hmm. putting away the phone or turning off the TV or the computer while you're eating is something that will actually help Put you in better tune with what your body is trying to tell you, which is sometimes, hey, I'm full or let's get another helping if it's my case. Mm, I know, right? This one eats like a like a horse, <laughs> like a horse. OK, well, all right. If it's a distraction like that, wouldn't then going to dinner at, with a bunch of people be an equal distraction as far as overeating or no? Is that a different type of stimulus? I think that's a different kind of stimuli. stimulus because you are going to stop and put down your fork, your knife, or your spoon, mm. and you might be mid-conversation with somebody. So mm-hmm. you're actually slowing down the course. Because you're actually talking. You're moving your mouth. <laughs> yes. Well, you're you're slowing down the meal. You're slowing down how quickly you're eating, mm-hmm. which then is also another great way to help get in contact with What's going on in your body? Mm-hmm. Be, be in touch with what's going on on the inside and what your body is trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, they say Europeans eat slowly. Do I they? I don't know. Maybe we should take a cue from the from the from the Euros. Well, they also smoke after they eat mm. and, and then they walk back home. Too. And then they do walk. Yeah. Isn't that funny? They smoke and walk. Mm-hmm. We need we need to do more of that. Taking walks without devices. Without after devices, dinner. I can tell you some of the worst posture I've ever seen are, when, are when people are walking their dogs outside. Mm. Their dogs are out there for a little enjoyment, or yeah. maybe someone is just walking outside, being outside, experiencing a little bit of nature, getting some sunshine. 
just be, on their phone. Just being outside, <laughs> but they've got their earbuds in and they're listening yeah. to something and or they're looking down at their phone while their dog is trying to do something else. It's so counterproductive. I, mm. I just really equate it with being present with what's what's actually going on in your life. And whether or not you believe that the walk is for the dog or the walk is for you, mm-hmm. what, whatever stance you may take on that issue, I think that there's something to be said about just being present mm-hmm. and sometimes just being outside, getting out of your house and being outside in the weather, whatever, if it's rain, maybe... Yeah, you want to get out a little bit faster. I don't mind the rain. But if it's a nice, beautiful day, enjoy it. Yeah. Enjoy the sounds and be a little more enchanted by by nature. Right. But we are spoiled here, so we can go outside and be like, hmm, temperate weather. But our friends in Tennessee and Georgia are probably saying, I do not go outside. Well, and... Bitten by mosquitoes. That, and I've also noticed that there are times when... Not just from being outside, but sometimes when I'm inside, like let's say if I want to, if I need to go to the bathroom, sometimes I've got to have my phone in there with me. Interesting. What am I actually doing Right. when I'm going to the bathroom and I have to have my phone with me? I mean, there's no email. Some people use there's no phone. There's no text message. There's, there's no phone call. Well, clearly you shouldn't be calling someone when you're in the restroom. But, I do it all the time. Well, but it can wait. <laughs> and and I think kind of along greater lines than that, the, the point that I'm trying to make here is that sometimes disconnecting from that and having these moments where you are actually alone and present mm-hmm. with your thoughts, it allows you to start to download what's going on with your day. Mm-hmm. And I think that that allows people to actually think and just not be in this trance, you know, from what their phone is telling them or, you know, whatever sudden thought may pop up or right. if they're on social media, then they are, you know, then all of a sudden there's new drama that they have to pay attention to or they have to comment on or they they have to go back and like something that somebody asked why they didn't like their photo. It's right. just it, it causes so much drama and I think really it's just unwarranted it's it's not necessary and that's why the biggest thing for me is i i just choose not to participate in that kind of stuff gosh i want that i want to be that way no, i don't want to no, part- you don't i don't want to participate no, you don't Do you know how much i hate social media i really i have my how many times have i told you i hate it i hate Zero. it Shut i've your never mouth. heard her say that before in my life he is lying straight through your teeth I literally have – I've thought about doing a whole podcast about how much I hate social media. Well, but there is something to be said about when you are alone and mm-hmm. just letting your own thoughts come to you mm-hmm. in whatever timely manner they're going to. Right. Because sometimes that's how we solve problems mm-hmm. is typically not by using our phone, but sometimes – if I've got something that I'm thinking about as far as coaching or training somebody, yeah. sometimes my best thinking is when I turn everything off and I can just really concentrate and focus without having to look at my phone. Right. And the other thing that I will say about not being totally engaged with my phone is that it does allow me to fall asleep a lot faster because mm. I rarely am on my phone past 9 o'clock. Yeah. 
And so there's no distractions. And because I don't have Facebook, I'm not getting stimulated by that kind of stuff Mm. before I go to bed. I'm not checking. I I have the luxury of not having to check emails all day. So I can't, I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but if you have the ability to be able to kind of filter when you are and are not responding to your emails, that is a gift that you should take full advantage of True, because obviously everybody knows about the blue lights and how that can kind of help keep you up and alert and awake. But sometimes it's just reading something on, on your phone that can then start to stress you out. Wake you back up. Wake you back up. Yeah. And as, as opposed to <clears throat> just being able to leave that stuff alone. And not have to go to bed with your phone in your hand. Try reading a book. Yeah, true. In, in, instead to help you wind down. Okay, phone addicts. So let's let's try, come up with a plan. What I mean, if you if you're out there and you're like, yes, I do need to cut this out. Here's something that we should do. Step number one. On a lot of your phones, there are uh, trackers time limit trackers that you can put on your apps for social, for games, for different things. Turn off your phone entirely for all uses except for like your alarm. Um, I set that up. Okay. I only allow myself one hour per day for all of those things. And it'll tell me like, Hey, you only have five minutes remaining to play games or five minutes remaining for social media. And I'm like, Oh boy. So I get it done and it's kind of helping me with that. Okay. Second thing we can do Start to remove apps from your phone that you're not using. Start small. Start with those parking lot apps and the the picture joining apps and different little funny little apps, meme apps and emoji apps. Just start to take things off your phone that you're not using here and there. Or if you want to be super aggressive with it, just knock them all out. And only keep the ones on there that you really, truly only use on a consistent basis. I think that's going to be a big step. What else do you think we should do? I'm sorry. Can you hold on? I've got to take this phone call. (laughs) I don't have anything else for you. I just gave everyone the secret to longevity right there. He really did. Well, okay. So. And please stop driving and texting and calling we all do it when we have to, but that's pretty bad. Please stop. <laughs> okay, that's good. Also, a third thing I'm going to do, Chris, is if I'm on my phone, maybe I can create like a little alarm that goes off or a little ding that goes off every two hours to tell me to sit up straight. Or I think another great thing to do is physically turn off your phone for a couple minutes a day. Okay, so start have, with like 10 minutes. Yeah, start to take a little bit of control back over your phone and realize that your phone doesn't have to dictate your every action. Yeah. I think that's that's an easy place to start. Mm-hmm. You can make it painless and start with two minutes. Start with five. That's going to hurt. I'm just kidding. As my phone's here in my lap. <laughs> Typical. So Typical. All right, Chris. Well, thanks for joining me and giving me some really great tips on how physically our phone addictions are affecting us. And if you have any questions for Chris or I, go to the website, www.thelittlebitpodcast.com. 
go to the blog section and leave us your comments. We'll see you next week. Thank you. The Little Bit Podcast is produced and recorded in Orange County, California by me, Joni Sprague. Tune in next week for a new episode. The music you're hearing today is from Sleep North America, and you can download it for free on SoundCloud.